Welcome back. We are two preachers talking about making ministry mission-minded. Boy, you talk about alliteration right there. Today on the Two Preachers Podcast. Welcome back. My name is Ben James. I am the pastor of First Church of Christ in Grayson, Kentucky, and I am joined again by not only the ninth, but now officially voted in as the tenth also, wonder of the world, my, my friend. Josh Schmidt, pastor of First Baptist Church, Grayson. How are you this morning, Ben? I am fantastic. Leg day. Man, how yeah. could things go wrong on yeah. leg day? The worst. The Literally the worst. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some ministry moments, yeah. man. What uh, what went on since the last time we've been in the studio? So last night, actually, we um, once a year, just about, we do a big event where our student ministry will get together and we give the opportunity to our students to ask any sort of question that they might have. And as you can imagine, Ben, we get some big, big questions. And so we did it actually last night with both the student ministry and our adult ministry as well. And so we got really difficult questions like, um, can, you know, Christians who commit suicide, do they go to heaven? If there's, uh, if God is all powerful and God is all good, then why is there evil in the world? You know, mm-hmm. really difficult questions. And so we waded into that with these kids. But one of the things that we had them do was we also to kind of keep it lighthearted at the same time, we had them ask random questions that were kind of funny. And so if, with your permission, Ben, can I pose one of them to you this morning? Oh, absolutely. I'm up for a good challenge this okay. morning. Okay, so the question is, if animals could talk, what species of animal would be the rudest? Okay, so if animals could talk. Yeah, if they could talk, who would be would the be meanest the... to you? I, I don't think there's a question. Okay. Uh, there's not a doubt in my mind. It's flamingos. <laughs> flamingos? Flamingos. Really? Flamingo. They, they are evil. Evil. Um, they are. They defy the laws of physics. They do seem pretentious. Um, and just a quick story: uh, several years ago, my family and I visited Bush Gardens, and um, I'm, hum- I'm humble brag there. Ben. Yeah, yeah. We are. Yeah, we're high rolling in that pastoral dough right there <laughs> as we're going to Bush Gardens. Um, but I, I, I've never been a fan of flamingos. I yeah, just, I don't know what it I, is. I don't really but, have anything against flamingos, yeah. but I understand. Yeah, but there was. Uh, you know, they walk herds of these flamingos around the park. Apparently, that and, sounds terrifying. Uh, as we're in the beginning stages of the park there, they're kind of giving us the overview, showing us the map, and this this sick, twisted employee leads this herd <laughs> of flamingos uh, up to us. And, and I'm going to have – Josh pod- is going to see some visual here, but I know yeah, that you can't rough. hear that. But the uh, the I guess the alpha male of the flamingo herd uh, apparently decided that uh, he needed to issue a little bit of a challenge to me. So I'm trying to just keep my eyes straight ahead, just gazing ahead. And this flamingo just walks up right beside to my right-hand side, like right next to me, and then just lifts that evil devil crane neck out with a head just looking straight and then all of a sudden just twists and just gives me this death stare right into my face and then so I'm just kind of easing away you know uncomfortably and then it followed me around the park for like Mm. the next 45 minutes or so. It made a friend. uh, Of all the animals in the animal kingdom I feel like the least intimidating is the flamingo but there you go. Listen. Apparently, they're rude as can be. Listen, this this guy had ill intent in his heart. I could I could feel it. So he didn't he didn't even have to speak. 
Yeah. And he's already classified as the rudest animal I've ever had. I like it. I like even, it even above cats. How about you, Ben? What sort of ministry moment did you have since our last recording? Well, Sunday evening after our service, you know, because we do a an intentional time of teaching. Uh, and it's it's not necessarily, you know, preaching message style. This is more of a, of a teaching, a breaking things down. And then at the end of my lesson or whoever's teaching, we have a question and answer response time. And there was some good discussion. And, and afterwards, uh, you know, I always close out by saying, hey, uh, I realize that large group questions uh, and voicing something can be intimidating, yeah. be kind of scary. So if you've got something that you'd like to say, if you've got a question you'd like to ask, uh, man, if you're feeling that tug on your heart and you would like to respond to what God's doing in your life, come see me. That's you know, good. after we get done that way, it can be a little less intimidating. Had a young gentleman who is um, who's actually in one of the recovery centers here in Grayson come to me and he's been attending for a while now and and he uh, he said man I think I, I think I want to get baptized and I said all right well let's talk about it a little bit and he said hey, I've never never been baptized he said I think that I repented uh, when mm-hmm. I was younger and I said all right let, let's start yeah, there let's, uh, just let's let's get this repentance thing make sure we're understanding that and we just spent of course he had a buddy come with him you know just a you know, little moral support yeah. uh, and as he was sharing his testimony and what God was doing uh, in this in the recovery home he's in through the church into his life and the way his faith and his belief systems are being encouraged and elevated i mean he started crying i started crying his buddy started crying awesome. it was just a it was a beautiful mess yeah. of just tears and just rejoicing it's the best ministry man yeah to watch people go from death to life and to talk about how they've gone from death to life, man, I, I pray that I never get tired of that. Amen. It's just incredible. Yeah. And that's one of those, you know, you get up at 5.30, 5.30 on a Sunday morning, yeah. get here to church so yeah. you can pray and go over your message, and you've just got this full day. You know, in Sundays, even on the uh, Sundays where things are not happening, it's the craziest time yes, it is. Uh, for a pastor. So just... Folks, if you're listening to this and you're not a pastor, just keep that in mind. Extend yeah. a little bit of grace uh, to your pastor that even the lowest maintenance of Sundays mm. are crazy for your pastor. And just to kind of have that to bookmark in the day, uh, I just went home and it was just such an encouraging thing. But anyhow, let's get into our topic let's today. Making ministry mission-minded. So, Josh, when we say making ministry mission-minded, I want to try to when stay on there. When we can say yeah, when we, can we have say the ability. That. Yes. Um, what do you feel like that means? How would you define that, and why do you think it's important? So I think making ministry mission-minded is literally looking at your church and going, okay, this isn't ultimately about us. Mm. It's about doing more than just sitting and enjoying this life that we've been giving. It's about propagating the gospel to the ends of our community and to the ends of the nation. And ultimately, uh, it's about making much of Jesus to those who don't know Jesus and and making less of ourselves. I think it's an important topic for us to talk about, Ben, because um, I fear that many churches are not making ministry mission-minded, my my church included at times. And so it's something that we constantly have to uh, keep in mind that our church doesn't exist just for our own comfort. Mm-hmm. Our church exists to spread the gospel for yeah, the glory of Jesus Christ. How would you define making it mission-minded? The, the way that I look at it is is I see, as I'm sitting here looking and touching my Bible, yeah. I, this is a missional book. Yes, it is. God is a missional God, and yeah. I think... Um, 
I think that's why it's important. Uh, we that's that's who God is. God is a missional God, and I think that if we look at it, this is how I break it down into my head. So I'm I'm not going to say that this is a doctrinal foundation that we need to uh, put into practice. But I see the three parts of the Trinity kind of exemplifying this, giving yeah. us a good blueprint as to what being missionally minded is. And I, because I think I see God the Father as the sender. You know, because not every one of us is going to be a missionary that we go and that we do. I think John Piper says that the you know the areas of missions work in the church is either you're a goer, you're a sender, you're a supporter, or you're a sinner. That's good. You know, and that's kind of how he breaks it down. But I see kind of God the Father as the sender. Yeah. You know, because He sent His Son, and I think we see God the Son. We see Jesus being the one who came. And I see the Holy Spirit as kind of being the one that's supporting. Uh, so I kind of see, like I said, that's the way it just breaks down in my head, that, that God's the sender, Jesus is the goer, and the Holy Spirit is the supporter. That's good. So uh, just a, a few things, a few reasons that I'd kind of like to ask you. Why Why do you think, other than it being a biblical concept, yeah. uh, what are, if we're to break that down a little bit further and unpack it some more, what do you think are some reasons that we need to be mission-minded? Well, one of the reasons is just simply acknowledging God's sovereignty in our situation and recognizing that our church address isn't an accident. Mm. I say this a lot. I'm constantly putting this to the forefront of the mind of our church. God has placed us at 162 North Court Street, uh, First Baptist Grace, and for a time such as this, for a specific purpose. Amen. We've been given this address, and unfortunately, I think that some churches, uh, and again, we've been guilty of this, uh, don't acknowledge the fact that their church address happened this way for a reason in this season for ministry. So we've been placed in this time, we've been placed in this place for ministry uh, in our current ministry context. And so if God has placed us there, Ben, if God's placed us at Court Street, and you guys are at Pomeroy, or yes. okay, so you're at Pomeroy Street, if God's placed us there in our community, surrounded by people who need minister to, uh, we better minister to those he's entrusted us to. And, and along the same lines, um, one of the reasons that we do this is because that world that God's placed us into in this time is so broken. And would you agree with that? I oh, mean, we just yeah, have yeah. such a broken world. Um, and we don't have to venture outside of our four walls to find broken people. No. I mean, our pews are littered with them. Yeah. We don't have to look outside of the four walls of this studio it's a fact, to find man. two broken people. That's a fact, and it's evidence of the fall is all around us. I had a, a moment this last week, Ben. We go um, and do our door-to-door visitation. It's one of my favorite things to mm-hmm. do. We do door-to-door evangelism. There's a sweet old lady um, that was in a particular uh, area of our city, uh, and I knocked on her door, and she said, Hey, you know, I'm so thankful you've come here. I've been sick. I've had the flu and things like that. Uh, I told her, I'm so sorry you're dealing with this. And I kind of used three circles, which is my evangelism mm-hmm. method, and I just shared with her the gospel. Um, and at the conclusion, I said, is there anything, ma'am, anything at all that would, would prevent you today from repenting and believing? And her response was, I'm too old. I've waited too long. Mm. Wow. And just somewhere along the line, Ben, someone has told her that. Yeah. That if you wait past because yeah, you just point, don't pull that exactly. out of thin air. And yeah. so the evidence of broken theology and brokenness is just everywhere, all over our community. And so 
one of the reasons we do ministry is to take that salve, which is crossed, and apply it on the broken wounds of the people that live uh, around us. Yeah. And so I, I think that's a very important reason. Yeah, absolutely. And and as you're talking about that that salve of Christ, you know, as we were individually kind of studying and coming up with our own notes and outlines for this, we both settled on the same scripture, yeah. uh, which is out of Matthew chapter 28. Would you read that absolutely. for us? Uh, that I'm sure that our, uh, our listeners are familiar, but this is the great commission. It's mm-hmm. not the great request or the great, you know, anything like that. Jesus commanded us to do this. Jesus told the disciples, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is our command. This is what's been given to the church. This is our mission. The Great Commission is our mission. I think that's why we do it, isn't it, Ben? Yeah, number one, we are commanded to do it. That's that's the number one reason. I think that uh, number two, if I'm looking at another reason, uh, coming out of the book of Romans, how else are they going to hear? Yeah. You know, how else are they going to hear when Paul says in Romans 10, 14, and 15, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? Powerful. Oh man, I mean that's a, that's a that should be a weighty scripture that lands on your ears as you're hearing this. If you're a believer and that was just, you know, that scripture just hit, that yeah. needs to land with some weight in your life. It's a privilege and a responsibility. My dad used to say it this way, Ben, and I love this. He would say if someone gets saved, God's responsible. Mm-hmm. If someone dies in their sin, they're responsible. But if someone dies without ever hearing the gospel, the church is responsible. That's good. It's a responsibility so yeah. of us. This is this is a privilege and a responsibility both. Amen. I think another thing, the workers are few. Yeah. yeah. As we continue to look in Scripture, you know, Jesus said in Matthew 9, 37 to 38, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And then Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3, 9, that we are laborers together with God, realizing that state of brokenness that you yeah. were talking about yeah. and the the amount of need. Uh, and I think that I, I know I saw a video a little bit, maybe a couple weeks ago on social media. I don't know if you posted or you commented on it, but it was a, a picture of a farmer with his tractor and he had, um, you know, like a bush hog or something he was pulling behind him and his wheat fields were on fire. Mm, and what yes. he was doing was he was going ahead of the flames. I mean, he was dodging in and out and just kind of weaving back and forth, but he was going with that bush hog behind him, cutting down the source of the fire. And I think the caption on it was like how Christians should be, how, should, how they should approach sinners yeah. that, that are, that are apart from That's God. Right. Um, and just that urgency, and I think in my life, I'll speak for myself, that that urgency is not near what it needs to be to get in front of that fire in their yeah. lives. And, man, there's so many out there, uh, and the laborers are few. Exactly right. In fact, I've got a, a um, alarm on my phone that at 10.02 every morning goes off uh, to correspond to Luke 10.02, which is the corresponding passage you just talked about, about how we are to pray to the Father that he would send more workers out. And part of that prayer involves me praying that God would send me out and that he would change my heart so I'd be willing to be one of those workers because they are so few. 
So another reason uh, I think that we do it, Ben, is because we have this command, and even it should be a desire in our heart, to love our neighbors as ourselves. We've mm-hmm. got these people that are all around us um, we've talked about that are broken. We find this passage in Matthew chapter 22 when Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and he distills the law, the entirety of the law, yeah. down into two commands, picking up in verses 37. He said, he said to them, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. The second is to love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend Mm -hmm. on these two commands. We see this principle extends all the way back from the very beginning and will extend all the way out until Jesus returns. It's the responsibility of the church to love those they've been entrusted with, including our neighbors. That means the the person living next to me. That means the person living next to you, Ben. How many pastors, I've been guilty of this man, who come to church every Sunday and say, we've got to go out and we've got to love on the people, and they've never got to know the people that the person that lives across the street from them. Yeah. I've been guilty of that. It's a responsibility of the church. Yeah. You know, and as I'm thinking about that passage that you just read, whenever I think about loving my neighbor as myself, I think, you know, when I'm hungry, yeah. when, I, when I'm tired or when I'm cold, uh, I take care of myself. I love myself a lot. Man. Yeah. If I'm hungry, I eat. Josh Mann loves him some Josh Mann. <laughs> and I ate way too much this morning. Yeah. I, I just, I doubled down on everything from Ralph's <laughs> Deli this morning. Yeah. Eggs and sausage, baby. But... You know, I I eat if I'm hungry. If I'm tired, yeah, I, I'm going to lay down. I'm going to take a papal nap somewhere if I can. Um, but then, you know, and also if I'm cold, I mean, I've grown out of the middle school stage, which is you know negative seventeen degrees. You still want to walk out without a jacket? I don't right. get it, but it's it's a middle school thing. So if you're dealing with a middle schooler that doesn't want to put a jacket on, you're not alone. Okay, <laughs> it's it's all of them. It's something with in the water at that age range. But I think that. It's the same that should be said that when I see my neighbor hungry, when I see my neighbor tired, when I see my neighbor cold, then I need to be one there with with food for them to eat, with giving them, uh, if it's taking something off of their their plate, so to speak, I was just talking about feeding them, now I'm taking stuff off their plate, yeah. you know, but, you know, if, if they're burdened with life to come alongside of them to help them rest, and then if, you know, if they're cold, clothe them. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I think that that's such an important um, that, that shouldn't be something that we have to remind ourselves that, hey, this is missional stuff to do because yeah. that's just love. I, yeah, exactly. I love the way that Jesus says that. He he doesn't talk about doing it out of, out of a sense of duty. He talks about doing it out of sin, an overflowing of the Spirit, our heart, it's love. And so pastors, ministry, workers, friends, if your heart is wax cold and indifferent to those who live around you, man, you got to go to Jesus about that because we have a clear command to love yes. them. It's an outpouring of the love that Christ has first displayed for us on the cross. Amen. And I think before we get into some more kind of practical applications of the how uh, to be mission-minded, uh, I think that we got to keep in focus that everything we do is to glorify God. Amen. That's one of the reasons why we glorify God. Who's worthy of all of it. Yeah. just And, and that goes far beyond being mission-minded. But we have to remember that when we are mission-minded, we're glorifying God. Amen. So let's talk about practically how we do this, Ben. What are some ways that pastors, ministry leaders, lay people, what are some ways that we can uh, jump right in and pattern this out to our church and also just do it? How about you? What do you see as ways that we experience ministry and do mission-minded ministry? Well, I think, number one, the the first step in the process is identifying it. Good. Um, 
you know, we, we have to understand I am pastoring a church right now that is heavy, heavily mission minded, yeah. uh, which is which is a blessing because that's I've been in other churches to where that's ground that you have to plow. You know, and then you have to cultivate that. Uh, here, it's kind of already being cultivated. Uh, so now we're just in that stage of making sure that we're following after God and not following after ourselves yeah. in, in our mission work. But I think that you have to really, truly step back and identify where your church is at, where your ministry is at, where your heart is at in the realm of being mission-minded. Yeah, I think going along in the same line of that, you you have to identify what mission actually is. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes our churches will call and do everything and say it's mission yeah. to the detriment of actual mission. If everything is mission, then nothing is mission. Yeah. And so it's really easy for us to fall into a trap and say, okay, we're going to do these pet projects and things um, that really are comfortable for us. But ultimately, if it's not carrying forth the gospel and loving people, then it's not actually mission, is it? You're just doing good work. That's exactly right. And maybe marginal yeah, work. Yeah, exactly. So let me give you guys um, another thing that we try to do at First Baptist Grayson, and we're obviously not the experts on this, but how we do it, we try our best to give easy on-ramps for people mm-hmm. to get involved with mission. Um, it's so so easy for us men to say, we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to do this, and never give somebody the opportunity to jump on board. And so while strategy is important, it's not more important than actually doing mission. Amen. And so easy on-ramps for us are finding base levels of service that will get someone, I hate to use this word, but I think it's appropriate, get someone addicted to carrying out the mission of yeah. the kingdom. The more you do it, I tell this every time we take out evangelism teams, the more you do this, the more addictive it will become. Because like you and I, when we experience people going from death to life, nothing ever reaches that feeling again. This is the most wonderful thing that can possibly happen. And so patterning that out, bringing people alongside you, uh, easy on-ramps or, hey, just follow me and watch what I'm doing, and eventually I'm going to turn you over to do this on yourself. Um, Constantly having... uh, a partnership with your church where you're taking them places and doing mm-hmm. things that are nearby even. Creating those opportunities. Absolutely. Yeah. Easy on-ramps for people to serve are very important. Yeah. And I think you know, we we do something similar. We're, we're tweaking the approach just a little bit that we take because it's, it's really um, easy to get lost in one area of focus of missions, like international yeah. missions yeah. or uh, regional missions or local missions. It's easy to kind of get tunnel visioned into one of them. So kind of going back to a little bit to a strategy type thing is we have what we call stages uh, of missions. Good. And what we're what the goal is that the culture will become that as in you know you're in the kids ministry and you're in this middle school area, then we're going to consistently expose you to local needs Love and it. local missions Love and we're it. going to provide you opportunities to serve here locally. Once you kind of move on from that, you you never graduate, you still have to serve locally, but we open up different access points, so to speak. So now that you're getting a little bit older, maybe the the freshman sophomore year of high school, we're going to open you up to a little bit more regional opportunities. We're, we're going to go a little bit beyond the borders of our area here. We're still going to stay continental for the most part, but sure. you know, just expand that a little bit. And then when you get into your junior, senior years of high school, into college and adulthood, then we're going to open these international doors of, of missions ministry open to you. That way that it's, it's being built into the DNA of, of who we are as a church, and, and we're exposing our people at a young age to the concept 
of missions. And again, not everyone's going to be called into the mission field full time, but we all have a role to play in it. And the more that you see the fact of, hey, there is an incredible need for missions in third world countries, but there's also incredible needs for missions right down the street. Exactly right. So that's kind of the way that we look at creating some things. One of the things that we do, and this is not unique to us, and so any church leader that's listening to this know that this isn't proprietary. You can steal it, and I'm totally fine with it. We have a here, near, far strategy that's similar to yours. I love that you're starting kids at a young age so they experience it because, like we've been talking about, this is something that's building a foundation for the rest of their life, and it will become uh, just part of their DNA. Mm -hmm. But we uh, want everyone in our church to touch a here mission partnership regularly. We want them to touch a near mission partnership annually and a far partnership within three or five years. And so we're still working out what that looks like for us. Part of that sending people to Haiti or other areas for a far near. We do. Um, we're partnering with church plants and things like that. And um, and so we want as often as possible for people within our church to experience mission. And that here strategy is the is a great on ramp for mm-hmm. them. And it's also oftentimes, like you said, been a neglected on-ramp for missions because everybody loves experiencing going overseas, but nobody wants to go to the, the neighborhood down the street. And so we, we've got to give our church constant opportunities to experience mission uh, on an on-ramp. Yeah, amen. I think um, you know, communication, pastors, leaders, ministry you know, heads, communicate, communicate, communicate the why ministry, you know, missions-minded ministry is important because not only are they going to catch it as they're hearing it from you, but also keeping it in front of them. And it doesn't have to be from the pulpit every Sunday kind of thing, but keep it in front of your people. Some way, social media, email blasts, newsletters, whatever you do to reach out to them. Keep missions in some shape, form, or fashion. Keep communicating that and keep it in front of them. And I think... Coming from a pastoral standpoint, we need to be challenged to model it. Yes, yes. It's one of those things that as the under-shepherd to the shepherd, um, the the flock that we are leading, the congregations that God has blessed us with and given us this great and wonderful, humbling responsibility of leading them, they need to see us doing it. it. Because if, if we're talking about it, if we're beating a pulpit with it, but we're not doing it, we've become, as what Paul says, is the, just a symbol, a That's clanging right. symbol. Clanging going. Absolutely. Yeah. We, uh, it's important for us to model that out. One of the best ways that we can keep it at the forefront of the minds of our congregation is by actually doing it ourselves, leading them alongside. We've got, we've, I mentioned this before, this Ephesians 4 model of equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry. One of the ways that we do that is by bringing them alongside us so they see mission, so they have to see us doing it as well. Um, another way to keep it at the forefront of your mind and celebrate victories. Every time you guys do something missional, put it in front of the church and let them see that this is something that we did to bring God glory and to bring the gospel to other people. Bring in missionaries um, mm-hmm. from that you support. I pray that your churches are supporting missionaries. Uh, one of the things that we do in every single service, our benediction every Sunday is a passage we read just a moment ago, the Great Commission. We stand up together and we quote it, and I send people out to remind them that we carry out the Great Commission not just in strategy as a church together at one time, but individually as we go out to our neighborhoods, we're also carrying out the Great Commission, and so we have to keep it at the forefront 
of our minds. Uh, another thing that I think is just so vitally important, and this is kind of how I would close with this, is we've just got to get outside of our walls. Yeah. We can talk about mission, and we can keep it at the forefront of our minds, and we can um, constantly strategize about how to carry out the gospel, but unless we actually do it, we're just wasting our time. Charles Spurgeon, uh, one of my favorite, the, the Prince of Baptist Preachers. This is already going to be good just because you said Spurgeon. The Spurge. Uh, I did try to name Benjamin uh, Spurgeon, uh, and his name is Benjamin. That so got, you saw who vetoed, right? But yeah, Charles Spurgeon says this, every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. Yeah. And that's, that's a fact. Yeah. Our responsibility is to do this, and we'll never do this unless we get outside of the four walls of our church. That doesn't mean we don't have a mission within the church of loving our people and equipping the saints to do the work of ministry and and um, uh, helping people who are really struggling, but those people are also on the outside of the walls that we are currently at. Ben and I serve in Carter County, Kentucky, and um, my tribe, the Kentucky Baptist Convention, just put together a study that our county is the sixth most lost county mm-hmm. in the state out of 120. Yep. 95% yes. almost of our yes. people are not attending church on a regular basis. And unless somebody goes out there, Romans, like you just read the passage a little bit ago, how will they come to Jesus if they never hear the gospel? And how um, will they hear the gospel unless we're sent out, unless we leave our walls they're never going to hear about Jesus and what he's done for them. So Amen. friends who are listening, get outside your walls. Go knock on some doors. Go serve at an orphanage. Go make lunches for community members. But bring the gospel alongside, understanding that it's the gospel above all, and that's our mission. We have to get outside of our walls. Amen. So now, are we, are you, your your silence is telling me that we may be ready for the seg to the way. Let's do it. Segway music! music! I love it so much. Every episode we from now on. Folks, just get used to that every it. episode. I laugh every time. So let's do some shout-outs here. To, Shout but to the You outs. people, you are the most important thing right You're the now. heroes. Your, your, uh, your uh, help here, support, is making this podcast possible. Uh, I think, Ben, I don't really know how this works, to be honest. Their support's making this possible. Yeah, It is absolutely. the fuel by which our podcast that is, grows. That is what inspires us. It's yes. we're, we're functioning purely on inspiration right now. There is no other source of it is why food. we're doing food this. for our souls. Yes. So, shout outs. Yes. Our Facebook page. We are knocking on the door, Josh, of 800 wow. likes on that bad boy. So guys, keep it up. Yes. Keep liking us. Keep keep engaging with us, yes, sharing please. our stuff. Yes. Um, you know, let us give us some feedback. Let us know what's what's going on in your mind, what you think about the show. Um, also, you know, on social media outlets, we're we're available on Instagram and Twitter as well. You can find both of those just by searching uh, the Two Preachers podcast. Uh, we've got a couple more ratings this week. Uh, we're still on a good string of five stars. So listen, keep folks, it up. Serve. Let this serve as your public announcement. Don't be the one to mess that up. Yeah. Don't be that person. The Lord knows. The yes. Lord knows what he you're doing. He sees all. He sees lies he in your heart. He, he sees bad ratings on your phone. <laughs> Don't do it. Uh, but we also we have another review Ayo. that has come in. This is from MD Cornet zero two zero four. Our man Dano the Mano. Dano What's up, Dan? Cornet. Five stars, of course. So we, you know, no no church discipline yet. Amen. Here's the here's the review. 
Two of the best people I know discussing being a Christian. What could be better? I love it. This is a great listen, and Josh and Ben have a true friendship that you can hear in their work. Thank you, Dan. Love you, buddy. Appreciate you. Listen, you keep rocking those salmon-colored shirts, my friend. Keep selling them houses. You wear them. You're the man. Yeah. So, guys, we'd love to hear from you. Our email address is twopreacherstalking at gmail.com. Um, you know, we've got a couple polls up right now on social media. Those will be down by the time this one releases, but we'll have other ones up. So if you see some interaction from us, participate in it because we want to know yeah, we what, want your what you're thinking. We want your feedback. We want to know what's going on with you. So until the next time, know that uh, we're praying for you. Yes. We, we hope that everything is well. And Josh, any parting words? None that I can think of. We appreciate you guys. Take care. 